John chapter 17, Jesus' high priestly prayer, or as I said, some commentators like to say the true Lord's prayer, even though many, some would say that that's in a different book. Either way, the high priestly prayer. Last week we were able to go through the first 11 and a half verses of this prayer, and again, I would have loved to be able to just to preach right through this thing all together, but that would take a very long time, and I don't know if you could listen to me for that long. So we break it up to try to see what we can understand in chunks. But we will go through verse by verse. But wave reminder, this is the night that Jesus is betrayed. He's delivered over to go to the cross. He was up in the upper room with his disciples. He had washed the disciples' feet. And that at the time, Judas was still with him. Washes the twelve and then he goes in to talk a little bit more and Judas ends up leaving because he goes to do the work that he's supposed to do and betray Jesus. Jesus then continues on when he was up in this upper room to talk about the new commandment, loving each other as Christ has loved us. He talked about Peter's denial. He talked about that he was the way, the truth, and the life. He promised that he would send the Holy Spirit, and he explained that it's better for the disciples, it's better for all of us that Jesus would actually go away, because if he goes away, then he sends the Spirit. And the only thing better than having Jesus around you, God around you, is having God inside of you. In chapter 15, he talked about being the true vine and that he needs to abide in us. His word needs to abide in us. We need to abide in him. He then said that the world is going to hate you. But he also said, again, he reemphasized he's sending his spirit to come and guide us in all truth. He said that the disciples in particular would have great sorrow because Jesus was leaving, but their sorrow would turn to joy. Brothers and sisters, our sorrow will turn to joy that we have in this life as we are going through the prayer request. There's a lot that's hard. He ended that section with saying that he has overcome the world, and then it moves to the high priestly prayer. And last week we looked at the first five verses, and the first five verses of the high priestly prayer are really Jesus praying for himself. He starts off and he's praying to the Father and he's talking about the glory that he had before and he's asking, Lord, as I come to you, Father, give me the glory that I had in eternity past with you. Give me the glory that I had before I humbled myself and put aside that glory and came as a baby, as a human, fully God, truly God, fully man, truly man, wrapped in flesh to come and save us. The next couple of verses, really from 6 to 19, he really is praying for his disciples who are with him. And it's like a, a pattern, as I was talking with one brother this week, it's like a pattern from what we see of his prayers, this pattern for what will be true for us as well. But there are some things in this passage that are specific from 6 to 19 to his disciples, again, with principles that are true for us. We talked about how Jesus kept saying over and over again how the, the Father, he has not lost any that the Father have, has given him. The disciples have kept his word, again, by the work of the Spirit, not perfectly, of course. He then explains that he's praying for them, and he continues to pray for them and us. He explains that as we belong to God and we, by his Spirit, keep his word, he is glorified in us and in the disciples in particular. And that takes us to 11, where we'll be today. I'm going to read through the passage first, and then we're going to work through verse by verse. John chapter 17, starting in verse 11. 
Jesus says, And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except the son of destruction, that Scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. Jesus continues on with this prayer in verse 11. He says, I'm no longer in the world, but they are in the world and I am coming to you. So he's saying here, he's really speaking through the, looking through the cross through the resurrection, to his ascension. He's saying, I'm no longer in the world. It's a done deal for him. Things are in motion now. He is going to the cross, the resurrection. He will ascend, and one day he will return. He's leaving, but they're staying. Then he says this, Holy Father. Don't read over that quickly. Those two should not be together. Think about that for a second. Holy. Let me hear from a couple of you real quick. When you hear the word holy, what comes to your mind? Quickly. Set apart. Good. What else? What was it? Purity. Good. Anything else? Divine. Perfection. Holy. Father. Set apart. Separate. Different from anything else. Anyone else. That's our God. Holy. And then, so that's his transcendence, just how great he is above everything. And then there's this Father. Put together, and it shows the incredible relationship, the incredible way that our God is both beyond our comprehension and our Father. And it's remarkable. Don't read over it quickly, okay? When we read Scripture, we want to go slow, read it many times, let it sink into our bones. Holy Father, listen to what he says keep them in your name, which you have given me. Why? That they may be one even as we are one. We could probably spend all day on this alone. This is remarkable. Keep them in your name, which you have given me. So there, there's a name that the Father has. That's the same name that the Son has. That's the same that the Spirit has. You know what that name is? He's, me, he's mentioned it a few times through the Gospel of John. He keeps referring to himself this way. In fact, it's why the Pharisees would pick up stones to kill him. He called himself, I am. Remember that from the Old Testament? The great I am. That's what got. Now, Jesus added a few more things to it. He explained that he, I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. But what he was showing there every time is that he is God himself. Now, this name, what does it mean to be in the name of God? Well, God's name doesn't change. God doesn't change. He never changes. Brothers and sisters, we look around. Everything is changing all the time around us. But God doesn't. 
and his word doesn't change. He is the constant. So what he's saying here is, keep them in your name, the same name that I have. Keep them, because here's what's going to happen. Those who are kept by the Father, by the Spirit, by the Son, who are kept together, there is going to be such great unity. And that is actually possible to some degree, which actually blows my mind. We can be one, that they may be one even as we are one, he says, talking about his relationship with the Father. That's remarkable. We had a brother mention earlier today that there's the church is meeting together because they can't agree. Many of you have seen over and over again how Christians disagree all the time. Now, it doesn't mean we have to agree on everything, but there are some things you better agree on or you're not a Christian. Then there are second or third tier issues that maybe we can disagree on, but you can disagree and still have unity. And unfortunately, we don't see that very often. We see things that become preferences or interpretation then divide the body of Christ. And it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way. Verse 12. Here's what Jesus says. While I was with them, speaking of the disciples, I kept them in your name. He's the one that was keeping them in his name, which you have given me. I guarded them, Jesus says. And not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that Scripture might be fulfilled. We have to understand this. We see Judas referred to in the Old Testament, Psalm 41, Psalm 69, and Psalm 109. It's referred to. It is actually the fulfillment of Scripture of what happened with Judas. Now, make no mistake, it was definitely his choice. He made that choice to betray Jesus, but it is also God's plan. And here's what can happen if you're not careful. It can be very dangerous. What you can say is, oh, well, Jesus tried his best with that Judas. He just couldn't, couldn't keep him around. Do you think Jesus fails? Do you think God fails? Do you think his plan doesn't come to fruition? That is not our sovereign Lord. That is not what the scriptures say. In fact, what Jesus, when Jesus chose Judas, guess what? He knew what Judas was going to do. When he was on his knees washing Judas's feet, He knew what he was going to do. It was to fulfill Scripture because here's the thing. How do we know who the Messiah is? The promises of the Old Testament show us the Messiah, and this is one of those. Do not think for a second that Jesus cannot do what he says because here's the thing. If this was out of his control, then guess what? He can't keep you either. But he will keep you. Amen? On your sheets, flip over on your sermon notes on the back of your bulletin. The first one, as we've been talking about, we're going to get into this next part. I want you to have them handy. The first one up there, there is great joy and unity are found in God's name. Great joy and unity are found in God's name, as we talked about. The second one, Judas was lost and betrayed Jesus to fulfill prophecy in Scripture. Okay? Verse 13, continuing on in Jesus' prayer. Jesus says this, But now I'm coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. He's praying and he's saying, Father, I'm coming back, 
As we've talked about before, you're going to send your spirit, my spirit, to come back and live inside of them. But I'm praying these things now so that way they're going to know what things is he talking about. Yes, the things in the prayer, the things that he's been teaching from 13 to 16, chapters 13 to 16. And what he is praying, the reason he is praying out loud is so that we would hear it, know that God is sovereign, know that he is one, know that he will keep, he will keep us in his name, know that he will give us his spirit, and this will give us great joy. Or at least it should. He continues on, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. In 15 he says, I do not ask that you take them out of the world but that you keep them from the evil one. Look at this real quick. Some of you have heard the the phrasing before where we're in the world but not of it. Have you heard that before? Right, that's going to really come from this passage. And what Jesus is saying here is, listen, Father, here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you just to remove them out of the world. That's not the plan. The Father knows the plan. The plan is that we would stay in the world. So we're also not supposed to go and just be all to ourselves and not interact with the world. That's not how we're supposed to be. We are supposed to be here in the world, interacting, sharing the gospel, reaching the nations. That's what we're to be doing. However, we are not to be of the world. See, we do a pretty good job being in the world because we're alive. But where we struggle many times is we tend to be of the world way too much. And that's at the heart of what Jesus is getting to here. We're about to talk about sanctification or being sanctified. What that means is, again, just like we talked about a moment ago, the Holy Father, He's separate, He's sanctified, He's different. We're to be different. We're to be holy. 16, they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Verse 17, and I think this is where I really want to settle in. Sanctify them in their own opinions. Sanctify them through the stuff on TV. Sanctify them on what everyone says on Facebook. Sanctify them in what? The truth. Your word is truth. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is praying for his disciples first, but this is true of us as well, that they would be separate, they would be holy. They would be different. And the only way that that happens, listen to me, the only way that that happens is the work of God's Spirit in conjunction with the truth. And what's the truth? His what? Word. Word. You don't believe me. I can tell. I need some volunteers. Mr. Roy, thank you for volunteering. Come on up. Uh, Caleb, would you come up? Mr. Tom, would you come up? Mr. Liam, would you come up? Yes, we're going. Crowd. Crowd. All right, you're going to be over here. All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Caleb, come on over here. All right. I'll put you here. No, actually, we're going to put you on the end. Put you here. I'm going to need one more. Miss Kathy, would you, would you be willing to come up? All right.
Miss Kathy, now again, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. All right, Miss Kathy, would you come over here? Her role, I come right here. Caleb over here, switch with Caleb if you would. All right, Caleb. Caleb, now again, all analogies break down, so don't go too far with this. But these are going to be four different people, and then we're going to have Caleb. And Caleb is the Holy Spirit today. Now, not really, in a, okay, but he's the Holy Spirit, okay? Just calm down. Okay, so Holy Spirit. Now, we're going to have a few different people here. We have you. Come down here. Thank you. And Miss Kathy. Yep. All right. Here's where we're at, folks. You, I promise you this. You are one of the four up here. You are one of these four. You're not the Holy Spirit. That doesn't count. <laughs> He's different. You're one of these four, I promise you. And we're going to find out which one you are. Okay? What they have in their hand is going to, we're pretending, is going to be the Word of God, equivalent to the Bible, okay? The Word of God. Now, the first person we have, he does not have the Holy Spirit. No Holy Spirit with him, okay? Let's see if he can understand anything that's in front of him on his piece of paper in the Word. What's on there, Mr. Roy? It's blank. It's absolutely blank. Okay? So, if you are not, if you do not have the Holy Spirit, you cannot understand the Word word of God. You cannot be sanctified. You are not holy. I love you, but you are not holy. You are not special in that way. You are a sinner, and you need to be made new by the grace of God. You need the Spirit of God to come and live inside of you and change your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. You need to... Be saved, as we call, by believing in the work and person of Jesus Christ. He has no way of doing that. He is lost. Caleb? Now, can you read that? I'm pretty good at deciphering kindergarten writing, okay. but not this. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, and, and give it a shot. Muffle, luffle, yayani, tayani, grow, ba, chum, chum, yayati. Pretty good. She could have. (laughs) She could have the word in her hands, but again, she still does not have the Holy Spirit. Can she understand it? He doesn't have the word or the spirit. No shot. She has even the Bible, but she can't understand it. Because she doesn't have the one who guides us in all truth, the one who helps us understand, okay? Doesn't have it. Caleb, come with me. Let's say Tom is a believer. Does that mean he has the Spirit of God? Yes. Yes. So Tom, I need you now to figure out what it is that this scripture is telling you to do. Proclaim Christ. In your scriptures, show us. He doesn't have it. There might be quite a few of us in this category. You may have the Spirit of God. And yes, you are justified. But if we do not read the Word of God, the truth, you will not move quickly at all in looking more like Jesus. The way you are sanctified is the Spirit, which He has, but He doesn't have the truth. We have to be in the Word. 
Say it again. We have to be in the Word. Amen? I'm talking about our reading Scripture daily, memorization, hearing the preached Word, being with brothers and sisters. How many of us, let's be honest, struggle with getting into the Word consistently? Show of hands. Okay? Quite a few of us. If you didn't raise your hand, you're probably a liar. No, I'm kidding. You're not. No. You may very well be. Here's your job. Help your brothers and sisters who raise their hand. Let's learn from one another how to do this because, again, yes, Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith and He will continue to grow, but it's going to be at a snail's pace and it's going to be just when He hears the Word or something He remembers from the past that the Spirit uses. Now, Caleb, or Liam, up here. Okay, come on up here. Okay. You go out there real quick. Go ahead. Jeff, would you come up? <laughs> All right. You have that. Holy Spirit has this. Now, Jeff has the Holy Spirit. Stand up here. He's kind of big. (laughs) Okay. So now Jeff has the Spirit. He's going to read Scripture. Go ahead and read Scripture just like Miss Kathy did. Okay. But he has the Spirit of God. So now the Spirit of God is going to help him. Go, Caleb. He puts on the sunglasses, and he gives me a high five. Okay? Amen. Thank you all. You can go ahead and sit down. Thank you, sir. When he comes up to the pulpit, he gets the sunglasses. Now, let me look around and make sure. When he put on the sunglasses, he looked different from every one of you. You're not wearing sunglasses. Because of the Word and the Spirit, He looks different. He is changed. That's what we're, how we're sanctified. So, as we are in the Word, as the Spirit works, we look different from the world. What's interesting is He looked, everybody else who was down here looked the same. Roy, who doesn't have the Word or the Spirit. Miss Kathy, who has the Word but no Spirit. And even our brother, who has the Spirit of God but not in the Word, he can look a lot like the rest of us, the rest of the world. We have to be very careful, brothers and sisters. Are we sanctified? Are we being sanctified? Are we holy? Are we set apart? And do we look different? If we're not in the Word, guess what? We start to look a lot like the rest of the world. Understand? Amen? So he looks different, and then he knows what he's supposed to do. He comes, and he gives me the high five. He knows what he's supposed to do. So now go back to your notes real quick here. Fill a couple of these in here. Sanctify means to set apart or to make holy. That's going to be your third one. Set apart or to make holy. The fourth one, Christian, you are not of the world. God's Word is truth. And this is the last one that we were just working on. God's Spirit uses God's Word to make you different than the world. Give you, a, give you your marching orders and then look and to equip and empower you to fulfill them. So that last one there, the three are going to be different, equip, and empower. So he looks different because he has the Spirit of God. He has the Word. He looks different. And then he acts differently. And he's separate from the world. Everyone following? Amen? Amen? All right, let's finish up quickly here. Verse 18, So sanctify them in truth. Your Word is truth. He says this, again, specifically of the disciples, As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake I consecrate myself that they, may also, they also may be sanctified in truth. 
What he ends with saying is, he's, the Father sent him into the world, so now he's going to the Father, Spirit's coming, and he's sending them out. And they're to come out. And, they're gonna, they're gonna, and this, this prayer actually gets answered. We see that as they get the Spirit of God, they go out, they share the Gospel, they write Scripture, and the church is formed. And the church continues on all the way to us today. So if you are a brother or sister in the faith, you should praise God for this prayer and that God has answered it and that we have the Scriptures in the church. In 19, he says, For their sake I consecrate myself that they may be sanctified in truth. Here's what he's saying. I've set myself to do God's work. Jesus is saying this. To obey the Father perfectly, to go to the cross to die as a sacrifice, to rise after three days for our sake so that we could be different, so that we could be changed and we could, could, could live lives that are different. Here's where we'll end. If you're in here today and you're over here, no word, no spirit, cry out to Him. He will save you. If you're here and you're trying to understand the word but you don't have the Spirit of God yet inside of you, cry out to Him. He will save you. If you're here and you have the Spirit of God, but you haven't really been in the Word, repent, cry out. He will continue to make you look like His Son. If you are following, you have the Spirit, you're walking in step with the Spirit, and you have the Word, guess what? Praise Him and keep going. That's your options today. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we do love You and thank You. We thank You for Your grace. We thank You for those who are here today. We thank You for the little ones that we hear, Lord. We thank You that You have not left us to ourselves, that You have given us truth. We are thankful that You have decided to give us Your Spirit so that way we can not be the same, but You would make us a new creation. Lord, I pray for those who are here who are not a new creation yet, Lord, that they would cry out to You and become a new creation. I pray for for those who are here, Lord, who they have Your Spirit, they love You, but they have not been in Your Word much, and so we look a lot like the world, Lord. I pray that we would repent of that of that sin, and we would ask and beg that by Your Spirit You would empower us and equip us to obey You and to love Your Word. Give us these new passions, these new desires, Lord, each morning. I pray, Lord, that You would speak to our hearts as we respond to You now through song. May You be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen.